Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Mac and Forth Show. My name's Cole Madden and we're here once again to talk about the week's Apple news and new things, new shiny things have arrived and we're jolly excited. Well, I am anyway. Joining me this week, Dean Murphy. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Really good. It's been a long week waiting for Friday to come when all the deliveries start shipping out for the new products. So, um, yeah, Monday to Thursday lasted a bit long, but Friday also lasted long until my delivery driver turned up. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice nowadays, though, because well, I got, I, yeah, I'm assuming you got the same thing. I got text to time and a name of the person delivering it. Yeah. And in the email I got, or in the text message I got, I can click the link and see a photo of the guy who's delivering it. Oh. It's quite, and a little map of where he is. And uh, I think I was like delivery number 72 of the day. <laughs> Call in 72. <laughs> yeah, busy day. <laughs> Modern times. It's all it's all very inventive, isn't it? Speaking of inventive. <laughs> nice link. <laughs> we have joined us for the first time ever, Mr. Ben Kinnaird from Rather Inventive. Hope just, hope, I hope I said your name correctly there, Ben. Perfectly. Thank you, Carl. And it's really nice to be invited onto your podcast. I know we've met a few times and we met recently. Um, thank you for the shout out last week um, for the curry. Um, and it's really nice to come on and uh, be part of your podcast. Oh, thank you. Now, you've got your own show, haven't you, sir? We have. And I, do, I, I know how hard it is to, to run a podcast. And we only record every month. And I find it difficult enough. So for you to do it every week, um, hats off to you, sir. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's, it helps with the guests. That's all we've got to say. i just got to start them off and they'll, they'll, they'll run. Exactly. That's what I try. Although you've always got to intervene when, they, when they're talking too long or they're saying something that maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> no, I'll just edit that out afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You'll never know, hopefully. Anyway, uh, so new things have come out. I myself have treated myself to to two items at the moment. So I went and bought uh, uh, an Apple TV 4K, and I also got the new Apple Watch with Cell. Now, unfortunately, I still haven't worked out the minefield that is EE, because they still will not tell me <laughs> what kind of tariff I have to get to be able to add the, the watch to it at a later date. They just want to sell me a flipping watch, which I've already got. Now, my understanding is I, I just join any any pay like sim only pay monthly one i should be able to add the watch uh, as soon as i do go through the setup process that's my understanding so i'm going to try it out in a couple of weeks um i took so long deciding that in the end i <laughs> i had to go and pay for another month on on three at the moment so i'm a bit knackered but i gotta say uh, my initial feelings of the new apple watch is oh it's it's a it's a lot faster than now <laughs> <laughs> the other one it's shinier but two because this one unfortunately i got a tiny little scratch on my old series two which is absolutely invisible to anybody else on the planet except for me <sighs> it's one of those things so every time i looked at it i could see this little streak and i thought oh, i don't know how i did it but i i, I did it but it, yeah so that was that was the apple watch i've, I've been out on a uh, on a walk and, and tried it out it's lovely but then we come to the Apple TV. Oh, my God, this thing looks beautiful. Mm. Some of the images that I'm getting. I mean, it took me a while to sell up. It's not – you can't just plug it in straight out of the box and just whack it on. You've got to make sure you've upgraded your HDMI cable because you need HDMI 2. Uh, it's no good having one of the old 1.4s because they, they're not fast enough. Oh, really? Do they not work? So it's a different standard. No, but they'll work, but you won't get 4K out of it. Of course, right. Oh. So for the for the new HD stuff, uh, 4K stuff and HDR stuff, you need a HDMI 2 cable. But don't fall for the old trick of, this is gold-plated, there's a £90 <laughs> cable. No, six quid off Amazon will be plenty for you. It's digital, for God's sake. Um, days where we're getting conned over cables is long gone because mm. they're analog. But I don't know, once you plug it in and once you go through the various setups, it's got lots of different setups in there, if you know. But unfortunately, you've got to know a bit about your TV and, and setting up movies and stuff like this. this. And once it's all done, oh, it looks good. Oh, it does look good, I've got to say. I'm so looking forward to, uh, I think Wonder Woman comes out tomorrow and that'll be... Yes. I, I, I have my own reasons why I want to watch Wonder Woman, but <laughs> we won't go there. <clears throat> Um, ben, was you tempted by anything from the the recent release? I, I would I would love to upgrade my Apple TV to the new one with 4K. Um, unfortunately, well, fortunately at the moment we have a projector, a HD projector, and it's it's lovely. It's really nice to have. I don't know how big the screen is, but um, it's going to be over a hundred inches or something. It's very large on on the wall. But unfortunately, to upgrade the projector to a 4K one is going to be um, at least £2,000. So it's something I'm not going to touch just yet. So there's no real point in me upgrading. Um, I was interested to um, find out, though, um, are you able to use 4K content on other existing hardware, like, um, um, say, the iPad 9.7 inch? Or is it only new devices? It's only the new one. So it's the latest... 
both two iPads that came out, and right. it'll be the new phones that have just come out. Oh, okay. Unless you know otherwise, Dean. Um, yeah, it's probably worth mentioning that that will still be 1080p on the new phones and new yeah. iPads, but it'll be HDR, which makes a big difference. Because mm. um, I'm currently split. I'm, I, I've got a 4K TV, but it's not HDR. So on my iPad, I can watch 1080p HDR content. And then on my Apple TV, the new one, I can watch the 4K content without HDR. Mm. So, so it's um, I've been watching the HDR stuff for about a week now just to test it all out. And then going to my TV, it's just like, eh, it looks a bit dull. I really need a new TV, but I can't. <laughs> so you do notice the difference? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely for... Um, the films they've put on there, like Mad Max and mm. Batman vs Superman, and all these big blockbusters with lots of effects and colours and stuff. So uh, yeah, it's a big difference between it. I, th- I think probably HDR is better than 4K. Oh yeah, it's, it makes a, a huge difference uh, expanding that colour gamut like it does. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I, I'd imagine also um, if you if you have a projector as well, where the pixels are further apart and it's effectively darker, having having something that can project with a better dynamic range is going to improve the quality of it. And the, the you know while you're watching, so I am looking forward to that just uh, maybe in a couple of years' time. <laughs> I do wonder, though, because I, I, I got a funny feeling. A lot of people... Now, the way they're marketing, I think, the 4K Apple TV is it's going for high-end people. They, mm. They're not after it. People obviously want to go out and buy a £30 stick. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing that concerns me is if people are going in and just whacking it into their tellies, because the amount of homes I go into and I can instantly see the telly's not set up properly. <laughs> but I'm, it's not my place to say anything because they don't want, they don't care. Even like, until you point it out to them, they're not none the wiser. So why am I going to spoil their life? <laughs> Are you talking about the super opera effect there, Carl? So, yes. So, that's where they add fake frames in between. In, 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 pod, what's it called? Inter, interpolate or Interpolation. something? Interpolation. Yeah. yeah. So, they add additional frames to make it all look like a Spanish soap opera. Um, but, no, I'm talking about other things. Like, uh, they'll have the uh, sharpness turned all the way up mm-hmm. because they think it adds some definition to the, <laughs> to the image. You think, no, it adds static to the image. But uh, Or they'll have the... Um, the saturation turned up too high or, or the contrast turned up too high. I mean, it's all personal, you know, taste, but oh, sometimes I look at sets and they just make my eyes bleed. Well, yesterday, while waiting for my Apple TV to come, I thought, why don't I just download one of these apps and just try and set up my TV? Because I've never really done it before. I've just used the presets on the TV and thought, yeah, it looks, that looks good. And I'm not really dive into it because I really hate the UI of TVs and that's just yeah. a mess to navigate and clunky or whatever. Um so I downloaded this app on the Apple TV called TV TuneUp. It was like 99p and went through the settings. It puts these like pictures on the on the screen and you just got to follow the instructions. Like adjust your sharpness until it's till this sharp. And this is what it looks like if it's too sharp or not sharp enough. So it's really good and really easy to follow. And um, so I'd overscan on as well. So I was like missing half the screen. I don't know how long I've been doing that. How long I've been doing that for? Probably since, you know, two years I've had it for. Um and it just looks so much better. I instantly noticed the difference on the old Apple TV uh, with a sharper picture and and everything. It was mainly my sharpness that was off and my contrast, which wasn't as good. But now it looks amazing. And when I put the Apple 4K in a few hours later, it just looked even even better. Oh, wow. mm. In fact, if you've, got a, if you've got a fairly modern TV, head on over to a- avforums.com because they normally have videos uh, and they step-by-step guide you to best settings that they think your your TV should have. Uh, and that's quite handy as a, a jumping-off point as well. But uh, obviously the big thing that came out yesterday was the new iPhones, iPhone 8 and 8 Plus. And... and it's weird every year every year you can guarantee the same kind of stories so Mm. this year there was a very lackluster queuing uh, as everyone seemed to be concentrated fixated on the short short queues outside apple stores this year um Forgetting to ever mention most of the time that they're still the flagship phone to come next month or, or slightly later. Um, most people order online now. You can, if you do order online, you can either wait for it to come to your door or you have a, you can set a specific time to go in and collect it yourself. You do not have to queue up <laughs> for two days or four hours or, or something anymore to, to try and get a phone if you really, really want one. Thank God those days are behind us. But th- th- apparently a large section of the media doesn't know that, <laughs> which is weird, isn't it? Yeah, I think the mainstream public are used to hearing, you know, the headlines like, you know, yeah. hour-long queues outside mm. the Apple store goes around the block twice and, you know, that kind of thing. Because that's how it used to be. Then you used to have these online pre-orders and, you know, day one deliveries. The only way to guarantee a, an iPhone on day one was to be there physically and, you know, in the line and, and taking it in, from the store. 
um, but their distribution's got so much better. I mean, yesterday I had the Apple Watch and the Apple TV delivered, both from two different couriers, mm. two different courier companies. And I don't know if I would have got the phone as well. If that's that's normally by UPS normally, and they didn't. I saw the van go past, but I, I didn't order the phone, so he didn't stop for me. So I don't know how many courier companies in the UK they just saturate with these day one orders because I don't think they've done an order as well where. Oh, sorry, a day as, w- as well, where they've launched so many products in one day with the iPhone, which is their mm. biggest, normally the biggest selling product. Mm. So I think to offset that, they've done the watch and the TV as well. It's interesting because a lot of my clients and friends know that I'm interested in Mac te- and Apple technology. Um, when the new iPhone comes around, we've got the keynote and you get a lot of media attention. I, they're always asking me, so what are you getting? Uh, and asking what's the difference. And usually it's, it's quite straightforward because you've only got a pick of the two phones now um, or three phones now, but it used to be two. So it's much easier. Do you want the, the bigger size one with maybe an improved camera or the smaller one? But I was having a conversation with some friends last night at a, an impromptu party at our house. I don't know quite how it happened, but we had more people turning up and the drinks came out and so on. But a couple of friends were asking about the difference between the eight and the 10 and could I justify could I tell them why it was so um so much more and what the benefits were and I actually found it quite hard to justify um in in sort of uh, functional terms what it is and I think it's it's really going to come down to the experience and the feel of the phone mm. I know there's the uh, the technical differences so you've got face ID uh, on the 10 which isn't available on anything else and the the stabilized cameras and it's got uh, maybe a, the stainless steel frame in there um, but apart from that, I, I, I couldn't think of a, a, other things that, that they would really notice. I know it's got the bigger screen and so, and it's very, it was very difficult. And I think it's something that they would actually have to go into a store and, and pick up. I do, I do like, because I get the similar thing mm. at work where people say, well, what's in it? And I go, I don't know. But then I don't work for Apple, <laughs> no. so I don't need to know. So stop trying to use me as your research buddies. <laughs> Do your own flipping research, I say to them. And it, it's all down to experience, really, for me. It's like yeah. you've got to pick up the phone and, and use it. And the reason I use an Apple phone is not because it's what what, what the technology is in there. I, I, I have no idea. I, I like looking at the teardown videos, but I have no idea what's in it. It's it's the experience and how it works with everything else, and I think that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, you could, you could sit there and list the the changes and stuff, but most of them are just going to go. Well, what does that do? And then that just leads to a long conversation, and in the end, I just want to get on with my life and drink my next pint. Most <laughs> of the time. I mean, if they wanted if they wanted to pay me for you know for for flogging their gear to to specific people, then then great. But they don't. I, but you know, I, I, and I've given up. If someone's got an Android. And they say, well, why should I change? I go, well, don't. It doesn't bother me in the slightest yep. if you change or not. I don't. I, I, I get no benefit from it whatsoever. If you're happy with Android, stick with Android. If you're happy with a phone that's four years old, stick with a four-year-old phone. Yep. If, if you want to upgrade and use the latest and greatest and all the special features that are now built into it and the security aspects they built into it, then upgrade. If you can't afford it, don't upgrade. Mm-hmm. Don't put yourself in hock for any of this stuff because it's not worth it. It's a piece of communication technology at the end of the day. And, you know, it doesn't make you better than anybody else if you have the newest, <laughs> the latest and greatest. And and it doesn't make you worse either. It's just a thing that you carry around with you. And there's there's no need to feel sad or disappointed or, or, or envious of anyone that's got one of these things. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like it's like a fancy car, isn't it? I mean there are fancy cars yeah. available. They don't they don't well they might go a little bit faster, but you can't generally use them on the road at that speed. And uh, they might be a little bit nicer inside, but they still go from A to B like any other car. Um I think it's just a case of whether you like it or not. I just found it it interesting that the conversation in the media and that the people have been picking up on that don't sort of listen to podcasts like this um, just seem to be around the downsides, you know, that it's, um, what, 300 or 400 pounds more expensive. Um, and what else does it do? What what extra things it, it do? And it's a shame, really, because I think there's a lot of exciting things that it can do that are different, are, are breakthrough. I think we'll see a lot of that once it actually comes out. Mm. And, and also, I'd like to see how the developers start using the front facial ID camera or the depth sensors, because that's some really cool technology. It is, yeah. Yeah, when, when people have been asking me, you know, what's good about it, I first thing I mentioned is the face ID is just just remind them how good it is and also the um, the ca- well that's contentious yeah I tell, tell them how possibly good it yeah <laughs> no no how good it is or how good it can be um, compared to touch ID because I, I really like the face ID like how much technology is actually built into it and then um, also uh, the front camera you know lots of people take selfies you know your selfies will look a lot better um, <laughs> that sounds like really lame but yeah, I was about to say <laughs> what sort of build do you know <laughs> Yeah, I think that's really important, though. Um, my um, 
my niece was over from the States on a year off before she started university. And she, she was doing some work with me, uh, some filming actually. And she spent a lot of time taking selfies um, and putting the best ones onto in- Instagram. So I can imagine there, there is a large amount of young people where the selfie is more important than the front, um, the back, the back facing camera, not the front. I get them mixed up. But having a camera that's looking at them and making them look better, I think is going to be more important than anything else. Yeah, exactly. I see, I know people in my family who I'm ashamed to say they have taken selfies from the front camera from Snapchat, you know, with the effects, you know, the halo effects mm. or the, you know, whatever. And they've printed off as canvases in the house. What? What? <laughs> I've got no idea why. <laughs> yeah, no, because, oh, that's a nice picture of, like, my daughter. Let me print it off and put it on the canvas. It's a Snapchat, and it's... Why are you printing off Snapchats for canvases? It's just not right. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it is a hard sell anyway, even if you do try, because you've got loads of buzzwords in there now, like the A11 bionic chip mm. and, and, <laughs> and things that are not going to make you know, 12 megapixel cameras and optical stabilization and stuff. And they're all things that people who are not following technology might not necessarily know. And it doesn't sound very interesting. But when you put them all together into the fit and finish of the actual product and you see some of the videos and some of the photos and some of the selfies that you can produce, that that's when. I've always found that's when the iPhone shines. I mean, if you're not following the technologies that goes along, if you're not following the keynotes, if you're not following the presentations, then normally the first interaction is with someone across that pub table mm-hmm. who's got one. And you can see what they've done. Or they start sharing their photos or videos on Facebook or Twitter or, or wherever else, Snapchat and whatnot, and, and you start to see a difference. Mm-hmm. And then you start to look at your phone and suddenly your pictures don't look quite as poppy anymore or are quite as clean anymore. And, and that's when you start to look around. But of course... The problem is the price tag. It's it's just that's normally the the biggest hurdle for most people, is is especially this time a thousand pound for the fi- iPhone ten. That's going to be uh, stop most people, but I don't think all people because as I say, most people put it on easy terms, uh, and then it's not such a, a hit for them every. <laughs> Well, their wallet doesn't take such a massive hit initially anyway. I think as you were talking, I think you mentioned this last week when you were looking at which options to get. Um, mm-hmm. it, it could have been any podcast. I listened to so many different podcasts, Carl. Um, How so dare you, sir? Any number of are them. You, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's you. Are you cheating behind me? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think you were talking about um, upgrading or having a plus and upgrading that. And by the time you sort of spec that out at the full level, you were just sh- slightly shy of the, the 10 anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And I think maybe a lot of people who wanted the camera features that the plus had, that they might, they, they might be in that, in that ballpark of paying out for the 10 anyway. And then you, you, you do jump up to some better camera technology and, and other things in there anyway. So it might not be that much of a stretch for some people. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, don't, I just don't like these reports that you see in... Uh, various blog posts or or, or, or on other podcasts because I listen to other ones as well, but <laughs> where they sort of like I don't know where they sort of make out that you know the lower classes are so poor they can't put it. It's that, we don't live in that world. Well, not in England anyway. Most of the time, there is definitely poverty in England. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that most people who who are even expressing an interest in getting an iPhone can normally afford it if they want to. If, it may be, you know, if you can't afford the food, you've got a different issue, I think, yeah. rather than what bloody phone to pick. It's, it's, it, it's all about need and, and how much you desire something. I mean, it, it, it's part of what I do in terms of marketing is trying to create a desire for something because it's not about how much it costs. It's not about raw materials plus margin. It's about what people are willing to pay for that. And I think with the iPhone 10, there'll be lots of people who are willing to pay and it's not a problem and not everyone can do it, but that's fine. It doesn't matter because that's the sort of phone it is. Yeah, which is what I'm thinking when it comes down to uh, the queues, for example. They're talking about the queues and they were talking yeah. about the fact that you could still buy a phone online six hours after they, went, they launched and stuff like this. But I think once the 10 comes out, that's going to be a slightly different story yeah. again. Um, I've got a horrible feeling I won't be able to get mine to about February. <laughs> I know. Um, and there's no way to test it. There's no, you know, I don't believe any surveys that they, they do. They just ring up 100 random people and say, you could buy one word, I don't know. But uh, that doesn't mean anything to me. I just, I'm waiting for that, you know, six, well, is it six o'clock? No, eight o'clock our time mm-hmm. where that, they press that button and they go live uh, and we can all try and get one. I'll, I'm waiting to see what that delay is because um, apparently they can't manufacture them to great amounts because they're having to throw a load away for whatever reason. Um, so their quality control is, is kicking in here and uh, it'll just be interesting. And, you know, we was told for time and time again that they're pricing at this amount of money to, to factor out all people who will not, 
who don't want to spend that much money. But I think they're going to be quite surprised um, how many are willing to fork out a sizable lump of cash. I think that happened with the first iPhone Plus. They didn't think it would be as popular as what it was. Yeah, they did. That's right. And that does shorties as well. Hmm. And pink. Pink. Remember when pink, they introduced the rose gold, I should say? Or should I say... Well, they choose the gold, the rose gold phone. Um, yeah, I didn't think. Oh, people were going. Oh, this is disgusting. Who would buy this? And then you couldn't get it for months and months and months. Do you think some of that is to do with uh, because that is the new color and the new phone? So people yeah. will buy it not because they necessarily like the color, but because it shows it's the new phone. I I bought it. <laughs> it was it was a nice phone. I mean, no one picked on me when I was six or seven. I had a pink phone. I was expecting someone to, but no one ever did. <laughs> they know better. Yeah. <laughs> I do really like the um the new gold color yeah. of the, the like kind of coppery kind of like not white but like an off white color on the back it just looks really really nice but that said I could never go for a white phone with the white mm. front <laughs> I mean yeah the new phone the new uh, uh, eights are getting good reviews everywhere I've seen in fact a place that uh, ranks the cameras on them DXO I I I believe, vaguely believe it's called uh, it's given it its highest ranking ever for any smartphone I don't know what that says <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me I don't even know who they are really but uh, yeah I mean a lot of people are quite happy with how the video and the, the images look and the special stuff with that portrait um, the lighting system now the smart lighting system it's, it seems to be generating some fantastic photos uh, and I'm looking forward to February <laughs> when I can get hold of my one and do something similar because it feels weird to me on this like day of release just gone and i haven't got a new phone <laughs> this is unheard of for god knows how many years i feel i feel weird but uh i got at least i got two other things to play with in the meantime no technically your watch is a phone true well it will be if i can figure out ee's draconian tariffing system but uh yeah it's very strange I, i've been meaning to ask what's the responsiveness like on the new watch because i've got the original um zero um, version and i was using it this morning um and it's with the new operating system on there. Is it watchOS 4? And um, mm-hmm. it's quite nice that when you lift the watch, rather than going back to the watch face, it'll bring up um, Overcast in this case for a podcast I was listening to. And that's really nice. But I found actually there was, it was very unresponsive and very slow. Use my button presses. And hopefully that's much better on the new one. What's it like? What's it feel like? Well, I don't, let's, let's try. Okay, well, have you got your watch on you? Yes. Uh, try it. Put, put the native weather app in the middle of the screen. And we'll both press it at the same time and you tell each other when they're ready. Oh, wow. Okay, well, it's going to take a little while to do that. <laughs> well, don't, don't boot it up yet. Just get it ready in the yeah. middle of the screen. Just, uh, yeah, it's still going to take time to do that. Really? <laughs> Here we go. Let's play some music. Yeah. <laughs> it's very slow to series zero, I know. That's <laughs> it, yeah. Okay, ready. Are you ready then? Right, so when I say one, two, three, go, uh, press the weather app and I'll tell you when my one's ready, you tell me when your one's ready. Right, one, two, three, go. Ready. Mine's done. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty fast. It's not that bad, is it? It must be one of the the apps that it keeps in memory a bit more often than some others like like Overcast or or anything that is um, uh, third party. So I think the native apps are pretty, pretty snappy because they're obviously... (laughs) Taylor made for it. I think it's the third party developers that have the issue. And uh, he, he did mention Overcast. Uh, um, I've forgotten his name. Marco Armand. Marco Armand. That's it. He did say he's working on the new updated version of Overcast, but he's not ready because because like life's got in the way. <laughs> he has to live his life. So we are expecting a new update for Overcast soon. But unfortunately, because the new watchOS, it took out one of my favorite features, and that was... Um, uh, placing podcasts on the actual watch itself and apple still don't allow you to do that which is a shame uh, th- the music edition stuff is fantastic the fact that i can have multiple playlists and my favorite tracks and albums on there now is great yeah that works really well actually i was just trying that this morning and that's what made me think about how uh, how it's going to work with podcasts because the moment i could just use music connected to my airpods on the, on the watch I wanted podcasts on there too. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's because we listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, much more than music. Yeah, it's a shame, really. Ah, uh, well, well, well. Um, any other thoughts, uh, uh, Dean? Have you got any other thoughts on the uh, any of the new things that came out? Any of the new things? Um, for some reason, I like the Mickey Mouse watch face <laughs> on the on the Apple Watch. <laughs> But I can't get it to talk. Normally you can tap it and it talks, but on the new watch, oh. it doesn't. I've got, uh, it's definitely not on silence because that's normally what stops it on the old one. Mm. So I tap it. It's oh, it's working. Good <laughs> <laughs> oh. Don't you just t- hate tech fat demos? <laughs> okay, maybe you need a reboot. I don't know. 
It wasn't yeah. working yesterday when I was trying. I was changing it and putting <laughs> Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse and tapping. Oh, okay. They are, That's the right Mickey Mouse watch you got there. To say, <laughs> I got they are quite fun, those um, watch faces. I don't, I don't use them on a day-to-day basis, but, but if you're showing someone, it's, it's, very, uh, it's fun to get it to speak. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I really love the... I know this is probably... I think it's probably from Watch OS 3. You can just swipe between your watch faces mm. like... like home pages so you can just line up a few watch faces for different activities and swipe through. this is all new to me because i stopped wearing my series zero because it's getting too slow and clunky and, and everything but, um, which really, watch, watch face are you using dean which watch face i've been using a siri watch face mm. just to try that out and it's quite interesting what it recommends to me like it just shows me the weather shows me news shows me family photos tells me to breathe which is a nice <laughs> reminder because <laughs> I'm dying, I can't remember. Breathe. Oh my god! Well, always mean it rains coming up. I'd love like proper deep dark sky integration. So yeah. it has that really good weather knowledge. But gives you a five minute warning to get under cover. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, quick get the washing in. Um, yeah. <laughs> apart from that, I normally use the. I think it's is it modular. Mm. Is it called? Where is yeah. the modular watch face with the time in the right corner and lots of different widgets all over? I normally use that. Yeah, I'm using the Siri one, and I was actually. I was really looking forward to using it after watching the, um, is it WWDC? They announced it or they showed it off. Yep. Uh, and, and that to me is, is where I think the watch should have been originally. That, that's the sort of thing I wanted uh, the watch to, to do because it seemed like if, you, if you've got a digital watch, which is, sorry, not a digital watch, a computer watch, which is that clever, I want it to be starting to um, surface useful information to me and not just function a bit like more like an analog watch. So I think this is a re- it's a really nice face and I'm glad they've managed to get to it. Yeah, it'll get better over time as well with mm. the, you know, recommending different contexts to you. And it'd be nice to know, like, you know, I go to work at this time every day and just, you know, just one tap, it will show you and you just start your directions going and stuff like that. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I use it a lot for um, going for client meetings. So it's really nice to see what's coming up um, and convenient to make sure I get out of meetings on time. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't do that much, but uh, it, it's just telling me news at the moment. Over 400,000 people have signed a petition back in. Oh, it's five, 500,000 now, according to mine. Oh, I guess that's the Uber thing, I guess, in London. Yeah. yeah. Great. Fan- thanks for that, London. TFL. Great. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess Siri, the Siri face will come more into its own when they start to open it up to third-party developers mm-hmm. as well, just like they did on 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 the phone itself. Because um, at the moment, you've if because a lot of people don't like using some of the default Apple you know applications, so they go off and get third-party applications, and if they don't set them up properly, it doesn't feed back into the official application yeah. so nothing shows up most of the time. But uh, so, what do you think of the uh, new news app on the watch? It's so yeah, you get what you get. You get five headlines. You can tap it whenever you want, but it also comes up automatically. Uh, and then you can just like it says, my current one. Oh, it's oh, it's a bit old now. Uh, one of five. UK must clarify Brexit issues. Macron, and it just gives me a little short paragraph, and I can either save it for later or go on to the next mm. story. So it's a it's a really brief update of what's going on, and it's it's handy, I suppose, if you're just mm. out and about, you know, dottering about and stuff. If anything big happens, I haven't had a news update. Uh, a news alert thing come through yeah i don't know if it does that probably just from the push notification from the yeah. but, but i get enough bloody news alerts from the bbc it seems like every an hour there's a news alert about <laughs> something or other oh dear i normally turn off a lot of news um because i find it distracting so it's, a, it's actually quite nice to have it on the watch because it's somewhere where i feel i can't delve into that story too much so it's, it's actually quite a nice place to have it and it's just facts as well mm. which is nice <laughs> it's, it's not opinion yeah Whee! <laughs> It always helps. Yeah, Kylie Jenner um, is pregnant. Oh. <laughs> Who? I'm not sure, but good for her. <laughs> that's, that's on my news uh, at the moment. <laughs> oh, okay. No, okay. I, I think overall it's a nice release, actually, on, on the... I mean, I haven't got the new watch, but um, on the the um, operating system. It's a really nice up, little update, actually. Yeah, I like how, unlike iOS, they've brought a lot of features back to the old watches as well to the, to the older devices so they haven't really cut any features out apart from mm. i believe resting heartbeat so the new the new watches only capture your resting heartbeat as well and the old watches don't so there's a lot of features in software that just go back retrospectively which is quite nice so it doesn't even though it makes your device a little bit slower and mm. a little bit clunkier you're still getting all the pretty much the same features what the latest watch does yeah so those, those heart rate things are quite nice actually i gotta say I, I worked out well it showed me how nervous i get before a show <laughs> 
Because <laughs> normally my resting heart rate is about 69. I have no idea if that's bad, by the way. Um, but when I get to sit down here by the mic, it's shot up to 95%. Oh, really? Uh, 95 beats per minute before we start a show. And I do it all the time. And the guys will know, whenever I start a show, I, I start coughing and stuff because I'm getting nervous about doing Because I'm a shy person, Ben. Didn't you notice the other day when we was out... <laughs> I know, I know exactly what it's like, Carl. When, uh, whenever I, I run our podcast, I find it most difficult to do the starting, and I, I'd imagine that mine would ping up too. In fact, I've, the, the Breathe app I found quite useful because I, I do some talks, um, mm-hmm. not, not huge talks, maybe 30 people, so it's not, it's not huge, but I, get, I do get nervous before those, and I found the Breathe app quite useful. If you can just go to a quiet spot and just take a few minutes, that has been really helpful um, in, in making me feel a lot happier about doing it. Mm-hmm. It does. Well, it does calm you down. It's it's, mm. it's good for that thing. Uh, now we've got some sad news. Unfortunately, when it comes to the Apple TV, is um, we cannot get unfortunately YouTube 4K on it at the moment, oh, and nice. this is because bloody Google and bloody Apple. Um, Apple will not has not built in the VP9 codec, which is what Google uses for their their HD uh, their 4K content on on their site. And as far as I can tell, there's absolutely no reason for it. It's an open source, I believe. Um, so that, I, I just don't understand why they've not done it. Um, the, the, the processing power within the Apple TV is more than enough to do it. I mean, you get smaller, much smaller boxes being able to do it. So it's just, I got to guess it's just politics again. Mm. It's, it's, and, we, and we, the consumer, lose out, unfortunately, for whatever reason. Yeah, it, feel, it feels like the missing Amazon app, which I know is coming eventually uh, to Apple TV. But I mean, that, that's been not on there for, for far too long, I think. I watch a, a lot of stuff on Amazon and you're resorted to, like an animal, airplaying it from your phone to the Apple TV, <laughs> which is ridiculous. And I know this is, this is more Apple's doing than, than um, um, Google, probably, but it is, maybe it's something that does get round to and they just couldn't be bothered for this release. We'll just get, we'll get out what we can. It's, you know, they've got a lot of other things on and it's something that hopefully will come. Yeah, it's a shame because there's some fantastic content on YouTube for 4K stuff. Um, I did find it kind of ironic. I think it was um, it might have been Dean or Alan that pointed out to me is that the, the video where they complained about this being no 4K content <laughs> on YouTube was actually a YouTube video in shot in 1080p. But, but <laughs> the irony was lost on them, I think. But <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really know if because this is not. I don't know how much of this is Apple's fault and how much of this is Google's fault because mm. it's as far as I'm aware. I have not looked into developing for Apple TV that much, so I don't know if... Basically, Google makes the app. Google makes their own YouTube app, so it's up yep. to them to update it to support this 4K. Could they have the codec inside their app? Like, they probably do on iOS, maybe. I'm not sure. But I know other video apps on iOS do. You know, you can download these video apps that will just play anything that you throw at them. Oh, that's true. And like you know, unlike the default system videos app. So yeah, cause you can get VLC for the uh, iPhone and you can get VLC for the, mm. so I don't know. There's probably not any technical limitation why they can't put this within their app. Or maybe it's just not, you know, YouTube don't really care that much. People are going to watch YouTube regardless for the content, not for the content quality. It's not like Netflix where you're paying a premium for that 4k um, resolution or the super HD as they call it. So yeah, I don't know. Can that connect? I don't see any reason why the, the app can't be, I know this argument about the VP9 codec is why you can't get um, YouTube in 4K on the Mac because mm-hmm. Safari, oh, sorry, not on the Mac, but on Safari specifically mm-hmm. because Safari doesn't support that codec. But you can download Chrome on the Mac and Chrome does support it. And then you can watch the 4K content. So how significant is it to people using YouTube? I'm not, for my experience of YouTube is mainly watching um, videos of that people have made and uploaded, not consuming sort of high quality film or TV content. Um, so for me, it probably wouldn't matter that much. Um, I, I appreciate there might be, you know, some 4K drone footage or something um, or some uh, non, non-commercial video footage that would be in 4K, but it probably wouldn't affect me that much. But it, do you think it, it is a big thing for people who do watch YouTube? How, how do you use YouTube on, um, on your Apple I mean, TVs? I don't, th- I don't think it's a big thing. It's just that um, if you're bringing out a box at this kind of price yeah. and you're saying this is going to be the ultimate box to have one of those one of the major players missing from that i mean okay videos miss amazon videos missing but we know that's eventually coming because yeah. apparently it's so hard to work out the software for that even though every other company under the planet has done it in fact including amazon themselves on ios which is yeah. basically apple tv but forget about that that's not important but but no when it comes to youtube 4k 
I just feel it's if if they're like they're not going to make another Apple TV in six months or, or probably a year. It's it's it seems um, short sighted because if the, if the codec didn't exist, that's one thing. If they're saying we're we're working on a codec, it'll be out in six months, and Apple doesn't support it, then fair enough, it doesn't exist. But when you've had something that's been around for a while and they bring out their all singing all dancing box and it's not supported initially anyway, there's no there's no word that somewhere down the, the line they could suddenly adapt it. That's got a little bit concerning. And I know because it's Google and because it's Apple and in the case, you know, and Amazon, there's always stupid politics behind it. And the problem is they're all getting into similar fields now. So they're all seeing each other as competition mm-hmm. and vying for the same eyeballs or the same dollars or pounds or whatever you want to say. And we lose because we cannot buy. It's impossible to buy a box that sorts everybody out. It's like the reason you can't buy an Amazon box that will play iTunes. It's 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 really getting frustrating, unfortunately. And it's not a case of picking a camp because they're companies. It doesn't matter. You should be able to buy what you want to buy at a price you want to buy it for. And, and it should be able to do... If it can do 4K, then it should be able to do virtually all 4K across the board. It's just these bloody licensing deals. And it doesn't help the fact as well there's a third party involved, which is the movie studios and the TV studios that mess everything up because they demand certain protection so their stuff can't be ripped and copied and and Mm -hmm. filtered off and stuff. So it's a big mess, this whole media section. It has been for a long, long time. And it used to only just be about music, but now our internet connections have got so fast, we can now do high-quality like 4K video. It's amazing. Uh, and they just want to protect their old business model where it goes into the cinemas first and then eventually comes to us. But you yeah. get them involved and you get the tech companies involved and, and we're the ones that are losing out, I feel. Yeah. No, I, I agree, Carl. It, it's very frustrating because I, I just want to give them, give them my money to, yeah. to be able to watch something, but but I can't. I mean, it's um, something I want to watch uh, that's currently on is The Handmaid's Tale, I think it's called. Yep. Um, but I can't find an easy way to get that and pay them for it. I, I'm sure there's ways of torrenting it and getting it in illegal ways, but I don't want to do that. I'm happy to pay for it, but I, I can't find... Well, I, I'm happy to pay for it, but I want to stream it. I don't want to buy it on iTunes, wow. which I think you can do. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating because, yeah, uh, it, they, they're trying to work to a model that isn't really applicable in today's world. Yeah, I just find it frustrating. Very frustrating, considering I love my media and I always have. I, was, I think I was one of the first people to buy a CRT widescreen TV back in the oh, day. Wow. Yeah. I, got, I think I got invited to, I think it was Radio Rentals back then or something. And, and they, sh- they had this big launch where they invited people in. And for some reason, I got a, an invite and they were showing us this, I think it was a 22-inch widescreen TV. <laughs> it was a huge thing. It was a monster. It basically went back as far as it did sideways. Um, but yeah, I bought it. I, I, I started renting it, and and then started, VHS films started coming out. Like Alien came out in widescreen, and a few other films came out in widescreen, and that was it. I was hooked for movies, and until we've got what we've got today, and 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 it's amazing what we've got today. I, I, I can't knock it. It's um, it, in fact, it always worries me whenever you see a future sci-fi movie and they're playing their entertainment. Why is it all gritty and grainy and disgusting? Like you wouldn't watch it today, and they're watching it in the future. I don't understand. That. Yeah, I, I'm I'm impressed. Despite all of the uh, disputes, I'm sure they have with all of the movie companies and pro- production companies. I'm really impressed that they've managed to strike deals with most of them to upgrade everything to 4K, which is is yep. incredible. I know. I think is it Disney have Disney. Uh, not done it yet hopefully maybe they might but um they uh i think that's that's incredible that they've managed to strike those deals of course I, you know most people haven't got 4k sets still at the moment but moving forward mm. you probably won't be able to not buy a tv without it being 4k at some point but uh, yeah i mean in future itunes per itunes purchases i will certainly be giving more of a uh, a nod towards 4k content if they've got it available uh and then maybe 1080p will make me think go Make me think, mm, mm, oh, I'll wait, maybe, or rent it or something instead, uh, rather than buy it outright. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, looping back to YouTube 4K, um, I actually had a look over my subscriptions, and none of them actually film in 4K or uploading in 4K. Oh, <laughs> some mine do. Um, the only one I know that does is MKBHD, and I only ever watch mm. him when the new iPhone season comes around, because... He has like really nice hands-on videos with it. I know he films in 4K, but all mine are just some of them are 1080p, 60 frames per second, the 60 hertz ones or 60 FPS. 
but um, none of 4K, which is... So until the content I watch on YouTube mm. starts being broadcast in 4K, I'm not really going to care about it that much. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. It, it swings and roundabouts, like I say. We're all at different stages. So I've got the 4K stuff because it bloody cost a lot of money, but <laughs> I'm, I've done it now. I've done the outline. I haven't now got to go out and buy a 4K Apple TV as well as a 4K TV set, as well as a 4K amp and stuff. So I've made those commitments already, damn it. And now I'm now reaping the rewards. Yeah, yeah. It's still just, I know we just said it like a minute ago, but it still just amazes me that all our content got upgraded to 4K as well. Yeah, I can't believe that even. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it's a small, it's a, it's a small triumph, but I think they've done really well to, to have that. Cause I was worried that a lot of the content we, we don't normally buy um, films, but for the, for our kids we do because they watch them a lot. Um, and a lot of them would be really nice to be in, in 4K eventually when we can watch them like that. So, um, yeah, it's a big thing. So I'm counting down till I see the story somewhere that why, if I can't afford 4K, am I paying 4K prices? <laughs> it's coming. I know it's coming. It's out there somewhere. In fact, it might have been written already for all I know. I can guarantee you that story is going to come at some point. I don't know. I know a friend of mine who um, who didn't have a 4K Blu-ray player because it was stupid expensive, but he bought his movies in Blu-ray because they give you the free DVD or free download mm. code or free DVD, I think. You just buy the DVD blu-ray box set so when he did get a blu-ray player he'd have that content waiting for him mm-hmm. which just seems a little bit silly uh, when you just buy it on itunes and get it all upgraded for free in hindsight yeah, of well. course. <laughs> <laughs> i think also i i for me i've gone past having um plastic discs yeah. and things around yeah. i really i really like the um accessibility of having everything online wherever i am um and actually even if the quality wasn't as good um, in most cases, even if it's not quite compressed in the same way, I don't mind because it's so convenient that it outweighs it totally. That's it. That's it. I mean, I, I used to collect DVDs out the yin yang, and and you know, I thought well, that was the best quality ever, and they'd never get any better. Wow, was I wrong? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no matter. Uh, well, come Monday, we're going to get woohoo, we're going to get the new Mac OS update as well. Uh, it's going to drop Monday, probably around six o'clock again, PM. Unfortunately, one of the big features of the new uh, mac os is obviously the new file system and it seems that apple already put up notice that unless you've got total completely ssd drives you're not going to get it so if you've got a, a standard hdd or a fusion drive you are not initially at least going to be able to have the new apple file system uh, obviously they've run into some bugs because the first beta it came out they did allow you to upgrade your fusion drive uh, but then it was taken out. So they've now issued instructions on how to get your, <laughs> to, if you if you did that, how to get back to uh, the normal, the you know, the old file system. Now I'm. I was I'm, just going to say, what drive do you have, uh, Carl? I know you you upgrade. You've got a new iMac. What drive did you get in there? I, I got a one terabyte SSD in there. So you're fine. I'm fine again. <laughs> I I plan ahead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my bank is not too happy about it. But I'm fine. But uh, yeah, so again, I'm glad that um, um, if there's bugs, I'm glad they're not just pushing ahead, obviously, mm. because by God, you've got to be careful about these things. I because this is a nightmare waiting to happen. I think still. Um, so if it, if you're if you're upgrading with an SSD, all will go through fine. If you've got one of the other formats, the old HDDs or the Fusion drives, it will stay the old kind of file system uh, for now, at least. Is what they're saying. So oh well, it's a bit sad, isn't it? But at least I'll have it. <laughs> yeah, I think I do. I've got I've got it on my laptop SSD, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Although I, I don't think it gives you many user facing features, but no. I, I like the fact that it's under under the covers doing doing good stuff. Yep, I've not noticed any real difference having High Sierra on my Mac as opposed to Sierra. But I'm assuming it's doing good stuff. <laughs> You know what assumption makes us, don't you? Anyway, I'm, just... <laughs> I'm looking forward to. Um, we've got uh, an old. Um, oh, what are the backup devices that Apple sell? The uh, air, time machine. Air, time machine. Yeah. So, so it's uh, we've got one of the time machine capsules, mm. um, and that's it's it's quite good, but it keeps um, coming up with errors that, uh, and it needs to restart the backup again, for, and it doesn't tell you what the reason is. And I'm I'm hoping that. Either Apple will be able to find a way of updating that particular mechanism using APFS and snapshots, or that we can move to maybe a Backblaze-style backup system where they'll have um, their own snapshots going up into the Apple Cloud, which would be, you know, that'd be quite nice. Mm. I don't think officially it's going to touch Time Cloud. Uh <laughs> A time machine. <laughs> I don't think it will. I don't think they'll change that, and they'll they'll phase to either their um, iCloud 
system that they've got or have another backup mechanism. Do, do either of you use the iCloud desktop and documents backing up to iCloud, that mechanism? Yes. I, I'm not sure what the official name is. I do. No, I don't. And the reason is it used to be, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be buggy with Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro. And I edit video and um, occasionally record audio with them. And the way their files work are a bit funny and it used to be incompatible with the pro apps basically so i just never turned it on hmm. oh, right I've, I've had great success with it i don't tend to work on the desktop we have a separate sort of work folder which is not in documents or or on the desktop and i've it, it's been it's been brilliant actually it's been very useful if you've been away and needed a client file that, that happened to be recently accessed on the desktop and i can get it from my iphone yeah i mean i i've i've implemented it as well on my main imac here and i make sure i'm quite you know where i'm careful where i put things mm. like if i want access to it if i think i'm gonna have what access to it like the files related to these shows and stuff they go on the desktop um, until I finish the show and then they go into storage elsewhere uh, and my documents and stuff and it allows me to get access from my iPad you know when I'm editing stuff on Ferrite I can quickly go to all the files that are, we needed because I've got access to Dropbox and I've got access to the desktop now and, and it all works lovely it's, it's great I, again I, it was a very long time until I turned it on because I, <laughs> I was a bit nervous about it I think a bit of a complication comes in when you do it with more, more than one machine because you end up with two desktops oh as it merges up, them together yeah. yeah well it doesn't merge them it keeps them separate but then you've got two desktops I believe mm. so two documents so it can get a bit a tricky I'm not sure I'm not sure about that I read somewhere so I didn't bother trying it with anything else but no my main machine so i've got access to all my files everywhere that's i love that that's a great feature are there any other because i'm i normally look forward to the new um, mac os updates or almost more than the iphone updates um but i don't think there's so many in this uh, current release is there anything else that stands out you can create uh, tables in the notes app now <laughs> oh, right <laughs> <laughs> to make some very primitive spreadsheets if you want uh, i think that's probably goodbye the numbers hello notes yeah <laughs> i think i think that's probably the most standout feature um <laughs> I've got some more editing stuff for photos and whatnot. You can go in, more editing features in photos. I mean, uh, we're switching it's switching over to the new HTVC stuff and uh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, Metal Gear, Metal Two. Um, so a lot of the pro apps will run a lot faster un under Metal Two. Um, so they should you should see a significant improvement in, in some of that stuff. Yeah, the photos app, the change they've made to photos app to make it more of a pro app, I guess, is mm. very welcome to me. It's they've had a lot of features on there that have been missing that I, I used to use Aperture and then I use Lightroom and now I'm mostly using Photos app and they've just made some nice editing changes because i love doing photo editing yeah it's not so I, I i love looking at photos and i love the memories feature that they introduced previously but i don't often go in and edit them so it's not it's really handy to have photos on the mac but it's not something i i tend to use a lot uh you can stop videos auto playing in safari <laughs> oh yes that's right and it's got the um blocker um the ad blocking tracking prevention yeah yeah that's right i'm interested to see how that works because uh we don't do a huge amount of it at work but we do implement some remarketing schemes so it'd be interesting we've already had google sending emails through about how they're going to uh, try and get around it so they can still <laughs> manage yep. it which I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll find other ways of, uh, of, of doing that. And that's their game uh, that they'll play. Cut yeah, and mouse. Absolutely. Cut and mouse. Yeah, there's, there's a good news story about um, a lot of like six, six big companies in the advertising industry lobbying against Apple to, to not include this feature. Yeah. Because it's disruptive to their business and it will just send their business into a tire, you know, spiral, downward spiral. And they just said, no, this is a good feature for the users. It's honoring their privacy and and, uh, and this is how it should be and it's a really good approach they've done to it as well i'd recommend looking up on the webkit blog i think just search for intelligent tracking webkit and it will come up in google um, it's a really good approach done. Yeah, it's, it's much like uh, the feature of stopping videos autoplaying i think a lot of advertisers and websites would like that because it's very disruptive and in your face but from a user's point of view it's not very nice to to have that if it accidentally plays and, and disrupts your your home life or the office and where you are yeah it's, it's, it's not even when it comes to autoplay videos it's not even just uh adverts sometimes you just go into articles and it just throws a video at you unexpectedly now if you go to youtube you're expecting that if you go to netflix you're expecting that if you go to you know this macworld article you're not expecting a video to pop up start telling you about the article that you're reading yeah <laughs> so it's and they're, they're often related to something else as well so you're reading the macworld article and it's got a screen um share of uh, how to um manage your files or something like that so it's actually contrary to what you're reading which is quite bizarre. by the way right how how long 
Has YouTube been putting ads in the middle of videos? I've getting this a lot lately. Today? You watch a video, not if you watch yeah. it on the Apple TV, but if you watch it on some other devices, you'll play the video, and after about a minute or so, or, or, or a quarter of the way through the video, it'll stop and start playing an advert and say, you know, skip here in three, two, one. But I'm thinking, what the bloody... <laughs> they're, they're splitting up the long videos with uh, effectively the same pre-roll videos that they'd have at the beginning. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how long they've been doing it for, but I noticed six months ago it started in there in some of them, um, mainly in the online and I think native app. But um, if you if you do it on the iPhone, not in the native app, in the browser, it doesn't, I, there are some situations where you don't get them and Apple TV, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, for, certainly long videos. A lot of the boys, uh, my boys play Minecraft a lot. And so they watch a lot of Minecraft videos and those tend to be epic lengths, you know, an hour or so. And a lot of those will be split up with adverts. It's mad. <laughs> I, I, oh, bloody adverts. <laughs> all money i mean the more they can show oh, yeah. the more the more money it's it's you know i totally understand why they do it or that's very annoying yeah let's go to a word by one of our sponsors <laughs> <laughs> fortunately we don't have to do that <laughs> anyway but uh, uh one more feature just uh circling back to ios 11 is um if you're in the us and you was hoping to take advantage of apple pay peer-to-peer -peer, um it's been delayed for a little mm. while apparently uh not only that but messages in the cloud as well has also been delayed They've obviously run into some few bugs, and believe it, I, I'm again fine with that because if you start messing around with messages and, and paying people, I, I want that to be airtight, basically. I don't want anything going wrong there. So the fact that um, I'm more than willing to give them a little bit longer to work those features out, and they always do. It's not as if they mention something that goes away and you never hear, hear from it again. So um, I'm sure they'll... they'll because it was a flag, a tentpole, you know, uh, feature. So I'm mm. sure they're going to work around it at some point. But yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal to the rest of the world because only the US has got it at the moment. Although they have registered the trademark here in in Europe as well. So they obviously are thinking about bringing it to Europe at some point, which would be nice. So uh, we can all share rounds in the pub now. We'd have to put that ten pound in the pot thing. We can just settle up at the end of the night. <laughs> exactly. I like the idea of it. I, I can only imagine that uh, in years in the future when my children are older and going out, that's how they'll be borrowing money from me as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, right. So the last story is if you was on uh, now the now, now the official iOS 11 is out. If you was on the Goldmaster the, uh, and you wanted to get off that track now, um, there is a fairly simple way of doing this. Just go to settings, go to general, go to profile and tap on the iOS beta software profile. Now tap delete. Uh, enter your passcode uh, and it will delete. Your device will reboot and you'll be back on the the general update path if you no longer want to be on the beta upgrade paths so that's handy to know just in case you want to get off that now that it's out officially and that's something i've done in the past but on this this release when i was upgrading my ipad which was on the beta stream um i was upgrading it to the official release and it didn't have the policy in there so either i'd been had the foresight to remove it in advance um or it had it been removed i don't know i don't quite understand how uh, how it managed to upgrade but it just wanted to go straight to the the, the official release all right well if you if you carried on you, this is how you get rid of your profile anyway it's quite yeah. simple no it does work uh, very well yeah and just in case, just in case you're fed up with betas, uh, there are a lot of, a lot, several people are complaining about various little bugs here and there. I've got a few. I've got one on my watch that I know about, where the the, the, the ghosted out stand indicator. You know, if you haven't done it for that hour you're in, I haven't got one. <laughs> so, so there's an issue there. If I restart the watch, I get it. And if I a message comes in or anything, it goes away. So there's a little bug there uh, as other people having connectivity bugs and things like this. Now, I'm sure all these things will be addressed in the first point update because um, it's always the way. There's so many things. Even though the public beta out was out for so long and so many people hammered on it, there's still little things that get through. Um, if you're noticing a massive battery drain on your device that's just got iOS 11 in, because it has to do about two days of indexing where it re-indexes mm -hmm. everything and it uses up so much power during that time, then it starts to settle down again. It also starts to speed up slightly after that because it's doing all this nonsense in the background that it has to do. Um, these stories come out every year, which is why I'm saying it again. So it's, it's much like the queues. Uh, these stories come out every year and it's always the same thing. First few days after an update is a nightmare and then everything starts to settle down. And normally, um, Dean, do you know from history how long do we normally get the first update? Um, we should get the 11.1 beta this week coming. So normally it's a week after they get a new beta mm. out, which 
it's normally the best version because it's got the new emojis in it. <laughs> I think. Well, the official release is normally about a month later as well. As well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. It should, should be it should be around about Octoberish, somewhere in October. It just normally it's not it's normally a nice fix that includes emojis and just fixes all the little tweaks, all the little things yeah. that, that just couldn't get right in the in the final version because it's it's quite hard making this software. For mm. such a tight deadline, you know, they're making such an overhaul with iOS every year, add all these new features, and to get it all perfect for the September release of new phones is, is a big thing. So there's always bugs and that. So if you if you prefer stability, always wait to the point one release, and that goes for mm. pr- pretty much any software like High Sierra <laughs> or iOS. I was about to say on Monday in particular. <laughs> yeah, I'd say wait till Tuesday, just see what people ha- experience on Monday, um, yeah. and then if it's been a smooth rollout, go ahead. But that's saying that because there's not many user facing features in high sierra mm. you're not really missing on anything major by not updating it even i am are you can't unlock my mac no more oh yeah the series three <laughs> series three watches can't unlock any macs older running older software than high sierra is that right oh no yeah so as soon as you get out of the box you can't unlock your mac with it like you've been used to you have to wait till monday's software update i I had to type my password in like an animal i mean what's (laughs) what's going on i I mean that just just an aside on that feature that has been um it's such a small little feature but i found that so useful uh, in mm-hmm. terms of unlocking the Mac, not um, it, it, even from a security point of view, when you're with someone, not showing them if they're looking over your shoulder and seeing your password being typed. Um, and the amount of people when they've seen it, they've, they've gone, how have you done that? How have you, how have you unlocked it? Um, so, so it's really nice to show off. It's incredibly useful. Yeah, I can imagine in a not so distant future, Face ID will be amazing on the yeah. Mac and the iMac, especially where it doesn't Don't have say that. Contentious. Alan will have a fit if you say that, if he's listening. Alan, he didn't say that he didn't mean that at all sir <laughs> just go back go back he's in lower he, i think he's out exploring somewhere in lower stuff today that's why he's not with us today so <laughs> so well, alan will be back next week i'm sure but uh yeah no 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 don't mention it shh, shh. <laughs> anyway uh, i think that's pretty much it for this week then um we have a review this week strangely enough thank you very much this is from someone called uh ben canard <laughs> You don't have to write a review to get on the show, Ben. That's not how it works. I thought you, you keep you keep saying that you you want reviews on there, and I keep thinking I should do a review. I should. I, I've listened to this enough now. I should. I should put a review on. And I keep forgetting, and I thought I'm going to be on the show. I should. I should put a review on. So it had nothing to do when I said it. I was holding you against the wall by your collar. Uh, no. <laughs> Anyway, Ben writes, a British Apple tech show with lively banter, five stars, a brilliant mix of presenters discussing all things Apple and diving into the details so I don't have to <laughs> keep it up cold, Dean and Alan. Thank you very much for that, Ben. My pleasure. I actually got a reply for that question. For I normally just say thank you very much and I never hear anything back. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you very much for ju- coming on and joining us today, Ben. Yeah, thank you. It's it's really nice seeing the uh, behind the scenes, and I'm I'm very impressed with your uh, sort of pre-show notes that you organise. I think they're much better than ours. I might be uh, <laughs> using some of the structure that you have. So thank you for that, Carl. Thank you, sir. Uh, so do you want to give give us a bit about your your company there, Ben, and, and what services you offer? Well, I think uh, the. So we're just we're a marketing company. So we help people um, improve their business, get more conversions, uh, and more visitors to their website. I think one of the interesting things about what we do is we don't just build websites or do marketing strategies and that sort of stuff. What we actually do is work with people on a regular basis to do anything to nudge their marketing a bit forward. And in fact, just the other day, we were helping someone just put together a very simple Word document that they wanted to create some uh, online brochures, very simple online brochures for their CCTV cameras. But just the fact that we were able to help move that forward a little bit for them, because it's a real pain and a real bugbear that they had to deal with these Word documents. And I think I I love that, the way we can just help customers and, and just help them overcome these little technological difficulties, whether it's on their website or just some files on their computer. But I think if anyone's interested in hearing more about um, me or the company uh, they should go to our podcast um, you can find it online something inventive and go and listen to that and we don't talk about apple that much but all things web and marketing good stuff sir thank you very much for coming on thank you like i say um so dean where can we get hold of you sir uh yeah you can probably find me on twitter at crafty dino that's where i normally hang out good stuff uh and and obviously crystal uh, any news yet about crystal adblock not yet not yet i've been working on a few different things and <laughs> it's yeah Time's been diluted in a lot of different places, <laughs> but it's still getting updated. It's just um, there's a few new features I'm going to be adding soon-ish, hopefully. But um, 
the block list is still being updated regularly, so it should still be blocking all the stuff that you want blocked, hopefully. Do you know, the day you update it is going to be the week I forget to ask. <laughs> That's how it works normally. <laughs> and also, Ben, where, where can we hold you on Twitter, Ben? Um, I'm just at Ben Kinnaird on Twitter, and Kinnaird is spelt K-I-N-N-A-I-R-D. Links will be in the show description. Anyway, you can get hold of me on Twitter, Cole Madden, at Claw 0101. You can get hold of the show at Mac and Forth. You can email us if you so wish. Mac and, uh, sorry, Mac and forth at gmail.com we're also over there on facebook on google plus links are in the show description if you want to head over there and have a look and and, and click on the link i think that's pretty much it for this week we're gonna i'm gonna now retire and play with some more lovely lovely 4k hdr content um <laughs> and drink some beer and uh, and and i think that's pretty much it and then on monday go through the terrifying process of updating the max hopefully we'll be back next week and it won't break everything <laughs> so until then stay safe and be nice to each other bye bye Bye.